morning. So, you know, life is full of decisions, is it not? Full of uh, what some would call choices. So if I made the choice today to say that uh, I'm not going to preach, do you think that would be a good choice? No? Tommy doesn't think that'd be a good choice, do you, Tommy? So, so some choices matter and some choices don't, right? So whether or not I preach today, that would probably be a bad choice. I, I was asking Corey on the way to uh, service this morning, I, what do you think some choices are that don't really matter? And so we decided that there were some of those choices that didn't really matter to her that mattered to me. And I'll give you some examples, and you'll think some of these are funny. Toilet paper. How do you put the toilet paper on the roll? Is it from the top or from the bottom? Now, now if I took a poll, I bet I would win. Okay, so the toilet paper goes over the top of the roll, not underneath the roll. Does everybody agree with that? Who does not agree with that? We'll talk afterwards. <laughs> Wilma Pittman, we will talk afterwards. Okay, so uh, another one was how you fold the clothes. Does folding the clothes really matter? Well, it depends on how you fold them. If you fold them a shirt with it creased in the middle, then guess what's going to happen when you unfold the shirt to put it on? It's going to have a crease in the middle. How about the way you fold your pants? Well, if they're dress pants, you want the crease in the front. But if they're blue jeans, I don't want a crease in the front. Now, I know some of you have creases in the front of your blue jeans. We'll talk later, too. Okay, so some choices that we make in life matter, and some choices don't really matter. And then there might be a separate category we decided this morning that is a category where it's a differing of opinion. It's a differing of opinion as to whether or not that choice matters. I wrote down just a few other ones. Uh, you'll appreciate this. Maybe your choice in football team. Maybe that's a choice that really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things, right? It certainly doesn't matter when it comes to our salvation in Christ. So it depends on what context you look in that. Uh, how about the type of gum you chew? Well, that could be debated too, right? If you chew gum that has a lot of sugar in it, then the dentist would probably say, that's not a good choice. You're going to get cavities. And then we have the other side who says, well, if you get sugar-free gum and it's got aspartame in it, that's a bad choice. But yet it's a good choice because you're not getting the sugar in the cavities. So see, some choices matter and some don't. I say all that to say this. We can see wise choices and poor choices that were made in God's Word. And we can make application of those wise choices and poor choices in our life as a Christian today. And so we want to look at a few of those as an example and then a few of the examples of choices that we make every day as a Christian. Okay? So as we journey together in looking at God's Word, first we want to look at the Old Testament because it provides some valuable resources for us as far as some poor choices that were made. The first one is in the very first book of the Bible, and that is in the book of Genesis. So in Genesis chapter 14, one lesson in the importance of making wise choices in our lives is that Lot made the choice where to live, and as a result, he experienced some bad things that happened to him in life because he chose the wrong place to live. 
War and kidnapping came upon him and his family in Genesis chapter 14. Oppression and torment by ungodly citizens of Sodom, as we see from the book of 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 7 through 8. He lost his possessions. He lost the death of his wife. Incest with his daughters in Genesis chapter 19. Um, And then there are other choices that were made by Lot and his family that weren't very wise ones. Maybe sometimes they had made a choice and then questioned that choice at the, at the end, like his wife, for instance. Questioned a choice to leave the city, and, but yet then looked backward, and what happened to her? She was turned to a pillar of salt. David made some very poor choices in his life. He was a king, but yet he made bad choices. He chose to commit adultery with Beersheba, That was a bad choice. He chose to have her husband killed. That was a bad choice. So we can see choices that were made because of decisions that he made uh, that were poor in nature. And certainly we can see that in our lives today. Sometimes the choices we make, we have to live with the consequences. We can be forgiven from God for the choice that we made, and it being sin, but yet sometimes we still have to live with the consequence. Say, for instance, someone decided to go out and drink and drive, and they have a wreck, and they have an injury to themselves or to someone else, or or the worst part, a death to themselves or someone else. A consequence is still there. They can be forgiven of drinking and driving, but the consequence is still there. So every action has an equal and opposite reaction. Isn't there a law somewhere about that? Every action that we take in life has a reaction in our life as well. And it could be a positive thing or a very detrimental or negative thing in the life of the Christian. So with Lot and David illustrating the need to make wiser choices or wiser decisions... Uh, Some choices greatly affect our lives as Christians and some choices don't, like whether or not you load the toilet paper from the top or the bottom or whether or not you put the lid on the toothpaste. So I want to make some suggestions this morning of some wise choices that we as Christians can make. Number one... Choosing Jesus. That is the most important choice we can make. So I start with that as number one because it is the number one decision that we will make in our life. Choosing to study God's Word, to meditate on God's Word, to apply God's Word to our lives as a Christian is the number one choice that we make. And we can't take God's Word and apply it to our lives without Jesus. The ultimate sacrifice was made for you and for I of God sending His only Son to die on a cruel cross, to suffer a cruel death, so that He could be our sinless sacrifice one time for all time. So that we, by choosing to obey the things that God lays out in His Word by becoming a Christian, and choosing Jesus in our lives by hearing the Word of God, believing in Jesus Christ as the Son of God, 
repenting of our sins to have that change of mind, confession with the mouth that Jesus is the Son of God, and being buried in that watery grave of baptism, raised to walk in newness of life. Now, if it was simple enough to say we had someone obey all those and were buried and rose again and were done with them, then we've missed the mark, haven't we? We've made a poor choice in thinking that we're done with that individual. We must study with them. We must learn with them. We must nurture them as we do our children, children as we strive to bring them up. And yes, we're going to make mistakes along the way, but we strive to nurture them and to bring them to the meat of the Word instead of just the milk of the Word. And we want those folks to remain faithful unto death to receive the crown of life. So the choice that you make when you go into the watery grave of baptism, raised to walk in newness of life, is not an easy one to make. It's not as simple as just being baptized for the remission of sins and thinking that everything stops there. When you make that decision to be baptized, you have made the decision to be faithful unto death, to do the things that God has told you to do in His Word. Is it always easy? No, it isn't always easy. But God didn't say it was going to be easy. But He did give us examples of things we can do to make it easier. When we become a follower of Christ, when we strive to be Christ-like, that decision is the most important decision we make in our lives. It will determine our place in eternity. It will determine whether or not we make it to heaven one day to see our loved ones who were faithful and remain faithful unto death that have gone on before us or who will go on after us. It is a very important, the most important choice that we'll ever make in our life. And other choices become easier to make based on the decision to follow Christ, to choose Christ. And other decisions should be made differently because we have made the choice to follow Christ. He tells us, my yoke is easy, but my burden is light. The second choice we might make in life is choosing a career. Perhaps the career we choose to do in our life will make a difference in our life as an individual or the lives of those around us. If you're the sole caregiver of your family, choosing a career might be a pretty important decision in life of how you're going to provide for your family. Even from a worldly viewpoint, our decision to choose a career is important, is it not? Things always change in the world. And if you choose something that may be important today, it may not necessarily be important in the future because of inventions and things and, uh, that, are, uh, that come about in life. So choosing a career might be important, but even in opinion there, as to whether or not choosing a career is important. How about this decision, choosing a mate? Would you say that's a pretty important decision in life? I would say, secondly, to our choice to follow 
Jesus, if one is to be married, choosing your mate is the second most important choice you'll make in your life. This choice will determine, to a great extent, our degree of happiness in life. We can gain great wisdom and knowledge from the book of Proverbs. And if you will, turn over to Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 4 for just a moment. We're going to look at other verses in Proverbs as well, but I wanted to mention this one in reference to choosing our mate, choosing our spouse. In Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 4, it says, An excellent wife is the crown of her husband, but she who causes shame is like rottenness to his bones. I used to say behind a good man, behind every good man is a good wife, and now I say beside a good man is a good wife. So choosing our mate, whether it be our husband or our wife, is a very important decision. It's not as simple as going to Las Vegas and getting married just because you're there because it seems like a good thing to do at the spur of the moment time. It's a choice that you make, and things have to go into that choice. Could our mate lead us away from Christ? Certainly they could. Could our mate, though, also lead us closer to Christ? It can if we choose wisely. Sometimes we get in a hurry and we think, well, it's time to get married and we got to do it now. Well, um, one of the things that I used to pray for is to, to have a good wife and I used to pray for it, but I wanted it now. And so God had greater wisdom than myself and I look back at other relationships that I was in prior to marrying Corey and I think God was there. He was there and until I was 30, I wasn't married. Now some say, well, 30, that's, that's pretty old. Well, maybe. But that's when I found the right mate. So it's important to make decisions and weigh all the consequences of the decisions that you make. And sometimes God teaches us patience. And sometimes when we pray for patience right now, we're not going to get them right now. You may think you can simply divorce the person if it turns into a bad choice. And according to the law of the land, you can. They might get half your stuff or maybe more. But the bad choice comes because a marriage relationship is between a man and a wife and God. It is a covenant with a man and a woman before God. That's the important thing. The laws of the land may say other things, but that's not what God's Word says. God hates divorce. The Bible tells us that He hates divorce. Malachi chapter 2 and verse 16. So choosing a mate is an important thing or choosing not to have a mate is an important choice that we make as a Christian. How about choosing your friends? We talked about this in the, in the uh, young people's class this morning. Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 26. You're already in Proverbs chapter 12, so let's look at verse 26. The righteous should choose his friends 
carefully. For the way of the wicked leads them astray. We have a verse in the New Testament that is like that. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 33. And that's what we discussed in class this morning. Bad company corrupts good morals. Or depending on which version of the Bible you have, evil companions corrupt good morals or cause them you to have bad habits or bad morals. So choosing our friends can be wisely. What if we hang out with people that do bad things all the time? What is the likelihood of us doing bad things with them? Well, it's pretty, it's pretty likely, isn't it? Because peer pressure can come into that. And it's not just while you're a, a young person. But as we get older and the peer pressure takes place in us as we're older and we make bad decisions because of those we hang out with. So choosing your friends is a very important thing. We talked about Lot and his decision of where to live. Maybe choosing where to live can be a wise choice or a poor choice in the life of the Christian. It was the choice that Lot made his mistake of choosing poorly of where to live. And it appeared to be a sound decision at first, but later on he learned that it was a very poor decision. If we base it solely on how much of a house we can afford or where we want to live based on just a personal preference, it may not always be a good decision if we consider whether or not it will hinder or help our service to God, that could make it a wise decision. Perhaps when someone is moving from one town to the next in a job, it may be important to go and look at the congregations that are in that area to see if you will have a good church home when you go to that area. Some brethren in Christ that are faithful that will help you get to heaven one day by encouraging you for the right place and where you worship and the right place and where you live. So those are just a few examples of choices we can make in life. Now, some suggestions that we can make from God's Word as to how to make good and wise decisions. Number one, we can ask God for wisdom. Turn, if you will, over to James. Hold Proverbs with one hand. Turn to James chapter 1 and verse 58 with the other. How about that? In verse 5, I'm sorry. James chapter 1 and verse 5. I'll get it right in a minute. James chapter 1 and verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unable to in all his ways. Now turn back to Proverbs chapter 2. Proverbs chapter 2 beginning in verse 1. 
Now let's talk about a little bit about the value of wisdom and making wise choices. My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you so that you incline your ear to hear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding, yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as a hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly. He guards the paths of justice and preserves the way of his saints. So if we search wisdom from God, we're going to get wisdom and understanding in the correct way. If we search for wisdom for man, we will oftentimes be led astray. So God promises wisdom to those who ask in faith with no doubting, just as we read there in the book of James chapter 1. One of the important things we can do when making choices in life is to get the advice of others. Now even then, we have to make sure that we get the advice of others whom we respect and understand that have made right and wrong decisions in their lives. There is safety in having counselors. Again, in the book of Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 14. Where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. So if we ask people to help us in making choices in life, we can make those choices more wisely. In Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 15, The way of the fool is right in his own eyes, but he who heeds counsel is wise. So if we seek the counsel of others in helping us to make right decisions in our lives, that can help us in making better decisions and wiser decisions. So the Bible itself is especially a good book to find wisdom, like the book of Proverbs. Older Christians who we've seen be faithful for many, many years in service to God, they can be a good source in us making more wise decisions for our life. Don't hesitate to ask others what they would do. But be careful who you ask. Commit your choices to the Lord. Trusting that you have made choices that are pleasing to Him, put those choices into His hands. And then we will reap the benefits of the correct choices that we make. Sometimes we make poor choices or decisions. Sometimes we said earlier that those choices have consequences. And so one of the consequences that they might have is that we learn from the poor choices that we make. We can do like Lot did. We can heed to the word of God and flee from the bad choice.
We can do what Peter did and repent of our sin and serve God. We can do what Paul did and accept Christ and live for Him all the days of our lives. The wrong thing to do if we make a poor choice is to continue in the sin that we're committing or to waller in the pity for ourselves because God is faithful and just to forgive us if we but repent. So there are a lot of examples of poor choices that we can make in life and a lot of examples of very important choices that we make in life. Number one is that we choose Jesus, that we choose to remain faithful unto death to receive that crown of life. God's Word tells us that we must hear His Word, for faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. That hearing produces faith, a belief in Jesus Christ, that we must confess with the mouth before man and before God that He is the Son of God. We have to stop sinning on purpose, have that change of mind. For in Acts chapter 17 and verse 30, For the time of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands every man everywhere to repent. We must be buried in that watery grave of baptism, raised to walk in newness of life. We talked about that in our class this morning. It's an immersion, a complete burial. Not a sprinkling or pouring, but a complete burial. You don't bury your pet when it dies up to its neck, do you? It's got to be completely under the water, and that's the example that we have in God's Word. There was much water. What hindereth me from being baptized? Acts chapter 8. And then that decision to remain faithful unto death to receive the crown of life. As we go through life, we need to continue to make wise choices. We want you to choose to live faithful all the days of your life so that we can one day be reunited in heaven with all those who have remained faithful before us and all those who will remain faithful after us. If you have a need to respond to the Lord's invitation to become a Christian, or perhaps you already are a Christian and you've fallen away from the faithfulness or made bad choices in life that are public and you need to confess that in a public manner, certainly we're here to pray with you and for you. Or perhaps you just need the encouragement of your brothers and sisters in Christ. If you have a need to respond to the Lord's invitation this morning to surrender all to God, we offer you that invitation now as together we stand and as we sing.